right, welcome. Good morning. Glad you're at Church Project today. A lot of good-looking people here, so welcome. Uh, if you're a first-time guest, on the chair that you sat on is a connection card, and what that means is weekly we send out emails with information of things that are going on and fun little events, all that stuff. And so if, if you want to get that email, if you would fill that out. And in the back, we have our offering uh, Kleenex box. It's pretty sophisticated. You can, put, you can put it in there. And also there's prayer requests on the back of that as well. So if you want to fill out a prayer request, we'd love to pray with you today. Well, today is a, is a special day. We're going to get into, into something that there's a lot of people here that have come to hear Grandpa speak. So if you've come to hear Grandpa speak, would you just clap or say a, make a noise or something? Okay. Yeah, he's given a few more messages than I have. Um, he's a, he's a, a pretty good guy that hands out candy all the time, so we're going to get to that in a minute. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. But I want to let you know, Church Project, is something that's kind of cool that's happening right now. And um, I think, Elijah, you got the image of, of, of Jeremy and his, and his fancy little haircut, and, and, <laughs> and Randy, there, there it is. I, I show you this because uh, right now, you know, one of the things that I love, and, I, and, and it, this isn't found in the Bible anywhere, okay, so just go with me on this, all right? I, I call it the first anointing, and the, and the first anointing would be, you know, Jeremy and, and Ashita and Brittany and other people have been writing a lot of songs that are sung here, here only, uh, that God's been given us to sing, and I call that the first anointing, like songs that, that God has given Jeremy to sing here and lead us in, and and they're pretty good songs, uh, the ones we sang this morning, first, first anointing, I call them that. Nothing wrong with second anointing, like we're singing Hill songs or Chris Tomlin's. Those are great, and we can worship with those as well. But God is breathing something very fresh here at Church Project, and it's with our worship, and it's, with, it's through Jeremy and Brittany and what's happening. So I tell you that to let you know that on Thursday, um, they started recording an, an album uh, for Church Project. It's going to be Church Project is the name, and, and it's these songs that, that God has given Jeremy and Brittany. And so be praying, because it's happening. The process has begun. And I, I got to tell you, it, it, it requires all of us praying to get this thing done. It's a, it's a big thing. But I, I, anyways, I tell you that, you're going to find out more, but this is the beginning of the story. And so Jeremy and Brittany, we're praying for you. Thank you. Um, why don't we do this? I'm done talking. We've all come to hear Grandpa, so we're just going to hear Grandpa. I, I want to tell you this. Uh, Grandpa, we, we moved here about four and a half years ago, five years ago, to start Church Project. And it's been really cool to see what's happened. Um, it, just looking around and all the relationships and things that have happened has been really cool. And if, you, if you're a first-time guest and you're thinking this is really weird, just welcome. We'll call this the family meeting day, okay? Uh, what, what's been happening in the last four and a half years is God building his church. And what you don't know is every weekend that I give a message, uh, Grandpa has written it as well. And I've talked about this. On Tuesdays, I get the honor of going down to, to Grandpa's apartment or going up to Grandpa's apartment, and he's sitting in his chair waiting for me, and the door's open, and either I wake him up or he's, or whatever, I walk in, and, and he hands me a, a handout, and it's, you know, five hours he's spent on a message, and it's usually what it is, it's because we go verse by verse, he works on next week's message, and so I sit down, and he hands me the printout, and we, he gives me a sermon on Tuesdays. And then I get to take that sermon, and the next you know, few days, I get to pray over it and think on it, and, and then, the, then I give it that Sunday. 
you know, whatever compiles because of that. So you might not know the back scenes. Grandpa was given every message here. So I figured, you know what? We're going to have Grandpa, who just turned 90, uh, last, was it last week or two weeks ago? Just turned 90 two weeks ago, has given thousands of messages. And what an what a honor it is to have Grandpa come and give, actually give the message. Not me talk, but have Grandpa talk and give the message today. Um, our family, a lot of people have come in from out of state and all over, all over the world to come here and listen to Grandpa. Um, and I, I count it a privilege to have this heritage in, in my family. And I think as Church Project, if you don't know Grandpa, he's the guy that hands out candy all the time. And so if you want candy, go see him. He has it. But I would, if, if you would, would you welcome Grandpa as he comes to give his message? I want to do a little bragging first, okay? My wife and I have been married for 69 years. We have five boys, and they found five daughters-in-law, and we end up with 11 grandkids and 26 great-grandkids. And most of them are here today. I'd like to have all of the Havens family stand up. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. You might be able to tell that I'm kind of proud of them. Well, I told Aaron that I had a two-hour sermon, but I'd try to cut it in half. Okay. Is there anything that has happened in your life that you're ashamed of? Well, they say confession is good for the soul, you know. When I was in the uh, third grade, um, we used to pack a sack lunch, and my, and my dad worked uh, in a garage just about six blocks from our school. And so on this particular day, I decided I wanted to go down and say hi to Dad. Wrong move. Because on the way down there, there was a grocery store. And I just happened to walk into the grocery store. And I just happened to see this big green apple. And I just happened to stick it in my pocket. And I just happened to walk out and go right across the street where my dad was working. And you know the first thing he said? Where'd you get that apple? Boy, I tell you, the cat was out of the bag right then. I said, um, a man gave it to me. So in that short span of time, I'd become a thief and a liar. And so... He said, well, let's go over and thank him. <laughs> I tell you, these dads, you've got to watch them. They, they, I don't know. They've just been around long enough. They're smarter than we are. 
But anyway, we went over there, and there was no one around, and the cat came out of the bag, and finally I had to admit, it, admit what I had done. And so he took one of those great big old work-hardened hands of his and took my hand, and we walked back over to the garage where he was working. Now, I thought that big old hand was going to be applied to my seat of knowledge. <laughs> it wasn't. I didn't get a spanking. I wish I had. Because what I got instead of it, he said, Son, I never expected anything like that out of you. I broke his heart and he broke mine because I knew what it was like to hurt my dad. Well, we made amends and <laughs> we, got, we got through it. But I tell you, the one thing that, uh, the one thing that really got to me was the fact that I didn't get what I deserved. I didn't get what I deserved. And you know, it's the same way with God. Because when I read the Bible, it says, all of sin that comes short of the glory of God. And it says the wages of sin is death. I'm under the sentence of death. Except for one thing. And that's the grace of God. By the grace of God, it seems like every time he pronounces a judgment, he also arranges a remedy. There's a way out. Well, when that, with that one experience where my dad says, I never expected anything like that out of you, so long ago, and I was so young, and it's helped to, well, it served to help me understand the new fellowship I have with my creator, because he's like that, because God had pronounced sentence upon me, and then of all things, he asked his son Jesus to come down and pay the price. I didn't have to pay it. Of course, I couldn't in the first place, but I didn't have to. Well, today, I want to focus not so much on what we might be ashamed of, but what we're not ashamed of. And the text is found in the book of Romans, the first chapter in verse 16. And it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So what I learned in that text is that salvation is available to every human being when they receive Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. It originated in the heart of our Creator. 
I didn't dream this up. I couldn't have. And I couldn't have done it in the first place. But the whole purpose was that God had realized that I had taken on a characteristic that was completely impatible with him, and I had lost my fellowship. I'm sure that broke God's heart as well as mine. Now, when I first started preaching, um, I was told you must have three things. You must have an introduction, you must have a text, and you must have a conclusion. Now, the introduction is where you tell them what you're going to tell them. And the text is where you tell it to them. And the conclusion is where you tell them what you just told them. <laughs> well, here at, uh, here at uh, Church Project, we have a little better system. It's called uh, biblical, simple, and relevant. And that's what our motto is here. Biblical, listen, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, the thing that I learned from that is that there are certain commands that God places on us human beings. And every single one of them is designed to bring us into the life that will be the kind of life will be blessing, it'll be successful, and it will accomplish our purpose and God's purpose. What I found out is that I'm a sinner. Or at least, I, I don't know whether I should say I was or not. Uh, let's just say I'm a sinner. I'm under the sentence of death. And except for the grace of God, that's what's going to happen. I don't deserve the grace of God. I haven't done anything that makes me worthy of it. I can't buy it. I depend entirely upon God's grace to free me from death's penalty. So the only way that I can be free is to say, God, I've messed up my life. Would you take it and straighten it out and get me back on the right track? Well, it's biblical and it's simple. It's a message that anyone can understand. You understood those two scriptures, didn't you? Romans 3.23 and 6.23. All of sin has come short of the glory of God. Wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's simple, and it's relevant. That means that it relates to me personally. It relates to every single person on the face of this earth personally. Now, I'm almost to get to my point. That's the message that God has given us. 
to distribute to the entire world. He has entrusted the church, you and I, to see that this message reaches everyone that lives on this earth. So I ask, uh, I ask ourselves the question, how important is our faith to us? Is it vital? Is it just convenient? Is it hard for you to share the faith? You know, you get together with a group of people and talk, 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 talk. Do you ever hear anybody start talking about Jesus? Not usually. Well, how do you break in? I'm going to I'm going to give you a little secret here about how to break into a conversation like that. It's just one simple sentence, and you can memorize it. Do you realize that God loves you? That'll get you in every time. In the first place. It kind of stumps the group. They don't know how to react to that. But do you realize that God loves you? You know, in 2014, that's the latest figure I have. I got this off the Internet. So if it's wrong, don't blame me. In 2014 there were approximately 7.3 billion people on this earth. Well, let's kind of trim it down a little bit. That same year in Greeley, Colorado, it's reported there were 98,596 people in Greeley. Well, with those 7.3 people in the world, do you realize that 2 million die every day? And with the, uh, the 98,000 plus people in Greeley, do you realize that at the rate of uh, 9.6 per thousand, 26 people die every day? Do they matter? Do they matter? They do to God, and he's given us the responsibility of getting the message to him. I like to, uh, I like to study the characteristics of God. For instance, I know that God is just, but I know that he's also merciful, and that's important. For instance, we read back in the beginning, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, he made light, he made uh, the seas, and he provided their vegetation. He created day and night, he created the sun and the moon. He made animal inhabitants for them. And on the sixth day, he created man and woman in his image, and he gave them one responsibility. Be fruitful and multiply. Now, my five boys have picked up on that. <laughs> so anyway, now he, uh, sorry, kids. 
Anyway, he placed them in a beautiful garden called the Garden of Eden. Everything they needed was there. And he said, now you can have anything you want in this garden, except for one thing. He said, there's a tree out in the middle of that garden, and it's called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat of it, because the day that you do, you'll die. Well, if that would have been you in the Garden of Eden, how would you have responded to it? I don't know what innocence is like. The first few years of my life, I suppose I was innocent, but I can't remember what it's like. I remember what it's like to be justified, but I can't understand innocence. Innocence in the Garden of Eden was lost. For the first time, Man experienced something he'd never experienced before. That was guilt. And guilt's a terrible thing to have to live with. But the one thing I, th I remember about God is every kind of situation that we find ourselves in, he has provided a way out. Every situation. Because of one couple sin, death became the consequences of sin. Now, in Romans 3.23 and 6.23 that we just read, all of sin that comes short of the glory of God and the wages of sin is death, I thank God that it doesn't stop there because God's nature, while it demands justice, God's nature also includes mercy, and God's merciful. All of sin that comes short of the glory of God, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, God in the person of his sinless son, Jesus Christ, would take upon himself the form of man, and he would come to earth, and he would pay our sin debt. He would pay it in full on the cross. And I get to thinking, I wonder if I could do something like that. I'm really not sure that I could. I have a grandson by the name of Cody. And Cody's a bull rider. I don't know whether you know much about bull riders, but the thing of it is that a slim, trim little guy gets on a big bull that weighs a ton, and he's supposed to stay on there for eight seconds. Now, every time you cover the bull, having filled your mouth full of marbles, every time you cover a bull, stay on for the eight seconds. You spit out a marble. And when you've lost your marbles, you're qualified. <laughs> well, it's much simpler to know 
if we're reconciled to God. Jesus gave us a message for the whole world. We're the messenger. You know what? What I see God's doing, and you can just take this as my personal interpretation. I see that God is making contact with every human being, trying to persuade them that there is a way that leads to life and there's a way that leads to death and tries to persuade them to take the right road. Well, God is the one that originates the message. And you know where that leaves us? We're the messengers. We're the messengers. Now, if you don't get anything else out of this message today, I hope that, that you'll get that. We're God's messengers to communicate the message that he originated through his son, Jesus Christ, to the whole world. I want to kind of, well, the last part of this message is to try and identify the message a little better. I'd like a volunteer. Uh, would anyone be willing to stand up and quote John 3.16? Come on, someone. Nobody knows John 3.16? Okay. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. All right. Here's the message. And if you can get this down, you'll always be prepared for anyone that asks you for a reason of the hope that is in you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And then we go over to the book of Acts. The book of Acts is the beginning of the church. And if we want to know what the church should be like today, we go back to the beginning in the book of Acts and we find out. And we also get our message there. Now in Acts 2, both these, all three of these verses are in Acts 2. In verse 36, God made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you have crucified. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what should we do? Verse 38, and Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ so that your sins can be forgiven and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And in verse 41, so those who received were his word were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Now, that's what that message can do. 
and they can still do it today. How did mankind lose his fellowship with God? He decided to do it his way instead of God's way. Pure and simple. How does God restore us to fellowship? By bringing us back into obedience to Jesus Christ as our Lord. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus put it this way. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father, which is in heaven. So that kind of winds it up. God has a message. And God has messengers. That's you and I. And the whole world needs to hear this message. I, I don't get into politics usually, but you're not going to get this message out of Washington, D.C. You're going to get it from the church. And that's the only place you're going to get it. God provided the message. We're the messenger. And to be effective, we must have this message clearly in our minds. The message must be biblical. It must be simple. And it must be relevant. So my question today is, Is Jesus Lord of your life? I mean, really, honestly. Is Jesus Lord of your life? If he isn't, you could be with you. If you were willing, you could make him Lord of your life today. Father, I thank you for this message. I thank you that we can have hope. I thank you because if we messed up, you're willing to straighten us back out and bring us back into fellowship with you. I know that we've sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but Jesus, the one who never committed sin ever in his life, came down to this earth in a human form and went to the cross and paid our sin debt for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father.